Should I talk now? Yeah, go for it, dude. We're 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 rolling. I was gonna say live and in color again, but then I don't want to steal the other people's thing, their intro. I don't know. Anyway, this is Recovered AF podcast. What intro? Uh, didn't you say that the fighter and the kid? Oh yeah, he's it's always hilarious. Like, we're live, he's like, and he's like, "We're not live." Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> so funny. Live. Coming to you live. Yeah. this is not live. <laughs> so I was gonna say live and in color, but then I was that's too much ripping. Just Jack and Fighter and the Kid swag. Yeah. All right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> okay. I was going to post my daily kicks like Brendan Schaub does because I'm rocking them dude shoes again. Oh, yeah, the dudes. That's what the last episode in the middle of our podcast, you just took off a shoe and showed it to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I felt moved by the spirit to show him. Yeah. No, really. I just was like, oh, yeah, I need to tell Jason. And then just without even thinking was like, look. Yeah. Right in the middle of you talking. So. I felt bad afterwards. I'm also going undergoing a shoe reconstruction in my life. What are you doing? Well, I so I went out, I went on a long ride yesterday, mm-hmm. and then I was going to finish that up with a five mile run. Yeah, I got about two miles into that, and my knee was like, "You're not doing this at all." Mm. And I used to, I had some knee problems before, nothing major, just n- nagging dumb stuff. And uh, so I was like, "These, I spent all these money on the shoes. These aren't going to work." And so then. Of these other shoes, they're zero drop shoes, mm-hmm. and um, I was trying to wear them before, but because they're zero drop and they cha- they would torch my calves, but my knees felt great. So I, now I'm trying to switch back to the zero drop shoes. Is that I, the ones you're wearing right now? Yeah. Are they Brooks? No, these are Ultras. Ultras, okay. Yeah, I think people in ultra marathons wear them a lot. Gotcha. And... Um, and a lot of runners wear them. What does zero drop mean? So, like, it's that uh, most shoes, the heel is lifted up, and especially, like, running shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And these are just uh, flat. Flat, yep. Gotcha. And uh, they're made for a no- more natural foot style. Gotcha. And uh, But they smoke my calves. Uh, and then um, my cousin Amy and Josh and then... Uh, her friend and her friend's cousin, we all signed up to do the, this another tri- sprint triathlon mm-hmm. in September. So that's six weeks out, and I need to get these shoes. I need to get my calves ready to run in these shoes before that. And and I was on their website, and it says it takes three or four weeks. But I also yeah. got more pellets in my butt yesterday, so I'm going to lose a week to that. Oh, dang, dude. Yeah. But you're going to be freaking fired dude, up, Yeah, dude. because I'm about <laughs> a month and a half too early on that. Yeah. But I didn't want to wait till afterwards, and Amber was down there yesterday, and she was like, we can get you in right now. That's cool. Yeah. Plus, you were like, hey, I'm going to take some PEDs before my triathlon. Yeah, exactly. Get some testes shot into my butt. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I want an unfair advantage. If I wait, then I'm going to be out of testosterone, and right. I'll just be normal me. And be gassed. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need a slight edge. Um you were going to be jacked, dude. My favorite, Marty, is like one week after pellets <laughs> in your butt, Marty. Yeah. You like call me like three times a day. You're just like, hey, dude, what's going on? That's my favorite. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's the best. So, shoes. Shoes, dude. <laughs> my dude shoes are the best, dude. Yeah, they're pretty comfortable. They're the best. I might buy another pair already. We need um a dude shoe sponsorship. Yeah. Hey, dude shoes. Hook it up, bro. We like it. We yeah. like them on our feet. We'll put out a promo code, dude. Yeah. Hook it up. Yeah. Um, For all seven listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. We're screaming. Your mom and Amber and uh, a couple of friends of mine. Yeah, dude. We're screaming. Yeah. Your they, Facebook thing, did you get a bunch of more shit after like that initial? No, nah, that usually only a couple of days and then. Yeah, it's kind of 
everyone's on to a new thing. So what have you done for me lately? Kind of world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to do a disclaimer yeah. before we talk about anything else? Just yeah. so people are aware. Right now we're just rambling, but just so yeah. people are aware that we're not affiliated. Yeah. Also, too, like if you've never listened to this podcast before, the actual this is the Recovered AF podcast. Yep. I don't think we've said that. You did. Oh, I did. And then we went right into shoes. Oh, okay. We were like, this is the Recovered AF podcast. And then I was like, Let's dude, shoes. shoes. <laughs> of course, what would you talk about on a Recovered yeah. AF podcast other than footwear? Shoes and burned out calves. I've also got this really... Um, bad as hell pair of red uh, New Balance that are just red as can be mm-hmm. that I like to wear when I feel like doing a little peacocking. <laughs> I like those red ones, yeah. yeah. Those are sweet. I like them. But anyways, do you want to do a disclaimer? Go ahead, you do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Aaron said, this is Recovered AF Podcast. Um, most of the time when you're here, you get a few minutes of Aaron and I rambling about whatever, and then we'll usually come into some sort of topic about... Um, Recovery, whether that's through the 12 steps or um, through different avenues that we've done. Um, but one thing we just like to make very clear is that we're not affiliated with any 12-step organization. So sometimes Aaron and I are discussing 12-step stuff. Uh, all we're talking about is our experience. We're not spokespeople or representatives for those 12-step groups. Those groups don't have any spokespeople or representatives. Uh, that's not how the 12-step world works. And so Aaron and I just like to make it very clear that we are not affiliated in any way with those. Um, Aaron and I have both in our individual lives uh, taken the 12 steps because we were both doomed from alcoholism and drug addiction. But that does not mean that we represent those groups or those fellowships or those organizations. So I think that's good enough, huh? That's pretty thorough. I liked it. Thanks, man. That's a good one. Yeah, so... Um, what was going on, dude? You were reading something about your favorite band. Oh yeah. So, um, I was on the Facebooks and, um, a buddy, Maybe not your favorite band, but one of them. Yeah. And, um, this, this guy I know had posted something. I'm pretty sure the source of it was from a magazine called psychology today, hmm. which, um, Prior to getting sober, I used to read that magazine and try and fix myself yeah. <laughs> with the information inside of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I used to read it while I was sitting outside my therapist's office mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, yeah, I can apply this too. And oh. I think I would even take his old ones. Right. Try and read like, that shit and fix myself. I'm study up on this. I'll have it licked in no time. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was not the case. It doesn't work that way, I not, don't think. Not for somebody like me. No. Anyway. And um, there was an article in there about the, well, the singer from the uh, band uh, Dirty Heads, mm-hmm. uh, Dirty J. And... Uh, we already got some likes on our Instagram post, Damn, according to my Santo watch. That's awesome. Yeah. You got that synced up? Yeah. For those that are listening right now, we do have an Instagram page, Recovered Day of Podcast. I posted a picture of our equipment and then Aaron's face and my face, and Aaron's holding a phone with a bag of meat on it. <laughs> He's very proud. I got a bag of bacon and a yeah. bag of burgers in there. Yeah, dude, you were like... Yeah, I'm going. I'm. I've just been eating once a day too. Really? Yeah. Damn. Well, I ate from about five o'clock till seven thirty last night. About two hours. That's good. And I get about two thousand calories in two hours. Damn. Yeah, and then I get the meat sweats. It's awesome. Bad, oh, dude. God, <laughs> I had a big old steak last night. I got the meat sweats. Yeah. I had this sriracha marinated uh, ribeye. It was bomb. Where did you? Where was that at? The Ribbon Chop House. Oh, okay. It was 
bomb, dude. Yeah. It sounds so good. It sounds fantastic. And it had like this uh, blue cheese and garlic butter. Was that just by yourself or did you go out to eat when your wife came home? No, she yeah. didn't come home. She was her friend, uh, her best friend is, it was their ba- her bachelor party. Oh, so okay. They were down in Denver and then <clears throat> went to some concert at Red Rocks and then rented a house down by Red Rocks. So, so. were you just like, I'm just going to go to Ribbon Shop House? I went with a buddy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, I, I will, I've been to movies alone. I've gone and ate alone, but I was with a buddy yesterday. I think movies alone is the way to go because I'm not going to talk. Hopefully the person I'm going with doesn't want to talk anyway. I don't like it. I don't like that when that happens. Yeah, Megan and I sometimes have like little quiet conversations, and we pissed off her sister one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was like looked over at yeah. us. I was like... Apparently, I talk too much in a movie. <laughs> that I'm the dirty look giver. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> three minutes sidetrack. You were reading this article on the dude from the Dirty Heads. Yeah, and uh, apparently, so alcohol and, and Vicodin had been causing some problems in his life. That'll do it. And um, <clears throat> what I don't want to fuck this up. I'm sure you can find it if, if yeah. you're listening. But, but he was saying, like, you know, he was partying pretty hard and sort of part of the culture and he you know surfed and and uh found himself um addicted to alcohol and so he would you know start you know getting the shakes and the sweats the next morning but he'd have all of these duties he needed to perform and so uh somebody was like well here just take this vicodin and it's going to take that edge off and he was like oh yeah that does work that's great for hangovers <laughs> which i agree yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. uh and so but then it got to the point where it was like um he was balancing the, um, the Vicodin to to fight the alcohol withdrawals, and then he was finding that. And then he would try and stop taking the Vicodin and mm, experience withdrawals mm. from those. So he's just in this endless cycle of taking one to help the other kind of a thing. Yep. And, um, and, it, and it got out of control. And I don't know if he said if he'd ever, you know, he said that he had went to a, a therapist to try and get sober, and that he had went to um, twelve step meetings to try and get sober, and um, that he didn't like those because they were like predicated on the idea that something has to be wrong with you, mm-hmm. or even one that that something had caused this, like something in a childhood trauma, like a molestation. Mm-hmm. Or some sort of a neglect or abuse, mm-hmm. and he was saying in the article that he was just a pretty happy, go lucky kid. He had a good childhood, and nothing um, bad had happened to him. And um, and that he, so the only way he, the way he ended up getting sober was he said he got um, addicted to things that are good for him, or or maybe it was he got addicted to things that he enjoyed but anyway so what he did is he changed his diet and he started exercising Mm -hmm. and has found that a sufficient substitute did he say does it say in the article like how long that process has been going on it didn't it Mm -hmm. didn't say how long it was yeah um that would be i was just curious if there was like yeah, and in the last 90 days, it's been killer or whatever, or if it's like this has been going on for years. Several and, years. And he's, he's, yeah. he seems to have got his shit together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember <clears throat> talking about a timeline about how long he'd been applying this. Mm-hmm. But so it just got me thinking because um, the first time I went to sober, when I, or when, first time I went to sober, <laughs> that's not a real thing. I'm going to Google this. I'm going to be at Jamie right now and Google this and see. Yeah, article. Um, Dirty J. 
Yeah, but it's Jason something. I always just know him as Dirty J. Um, but so anyway, the first time that uh, I went to treatment when I was 19, they did this like group session where they had everybody that I was in treatment with come in and they we like looked for basically large traumas in our past that, did you find it? I found a different article talking about him overcoming addiction from 2016. So okay. my guess would be it's been going on for a little while. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, there was somebody in there that had lost a, a parent at a young age and like we're, everybody was like, and they like to do this, like if you watch that show Intervention on TV, they mm-hmm. like to look for a turning point in mm-hmm. which something changed in that person's childhood that then started down the road. And it was really frustrating for me at the time because I didn't have anything in those. You know, I grew up in a two-parent home and while, you know, um, my parents had their issues and were certainly not perfect, um, I didn't suffer any neglect mm-hmm. or abuse or molestation or any of those things sort of like what he was talking about in the article like there wasn't anything that happened to me that caused this mm-hmm. um but they're definitely i guess and, and maybe where our stories were where i see some differences maybe between myself and what he was talking about is there's there is something wrong with me or was and that's what our literature refers to as spiritual malady mm-hmm. and um, I've heard maybe referred to also as like a soul sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, but that was just a, um, I don't know, I don't want to say overwhelming, but just a sense of incompleteness all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, um, and, and so like what alcohol did for me and then later what opiates did for me is they treated that, mm-hmm. that, that condition mm-hmm. is what needed treated. Yeah. And so, and it worked really well. Um, I was no longer living inside my head when I was drinking. I was no longer living inside my head when I was doing opiates. I like, you know, people talk about being present and getting present to the moment. That's sort of what those things did for me. Right. And um, and so then that treated that for me. And then, uh, like I think we talked about it the first step a couple episodes ago, what happens though then is a physical reaction to those drugs. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, I can pause this. Do you want to try that? Uh, no. Okay. It's all right. We have Marty's little dog barking in the background a little bit. Yeah. Um, a couple of them. And uh, so what happened then is the physical reaction to the thing, and then that's what, like, here, you just talk for a minute. I'm going to try to pause okay. this. Okay. So we had to pause that because my dogs were getting a little crazy. They're little dogs, and they like to bark, and... They're pretty ferocious. I wouldn't... Cute little puppies. Though. Yeah, cute little puppies that'll eat your fucking face Yeah, off. right, dude. Your dogs love me. Hi, Luna. So She's like looking around the corner. I got uh, my eye on you, boy. Uh, so anyway, then I have the physical reaction after that. And I think I was talking about the spiritual malady. Yeah. And, and anyway, so like the thing that seemed like it was different maybe, and not that I'm looking for differences, but it looked like what he experienced was like, oh my God. Good? All right. So anyway, we had an, um, a lady that was looking for a, a lost dog next door. And uh, my dogs are very reactive to other people and dogs. So You powered through that like a professional for yeah. quite a minute. And yeah. then it was, we had to stop. Yeah. 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 I woke up already on the wrong side of the bed. I guess it's called this morning too. Oh boy. Yeah. Amber was like, you are grumpy. 
and then she politely invited me to not attend the suicide awareness walk later if I was going to continue in that. Good for her, dude. <laughs> Good for her. So yeah. you were grumpy the other day. I told you that. I yeah. called you a grumpy gill. I don't. Yeah, so maybe it's good for the people. Did I just hear a fucking dog I think bark? it's your. I think it's your wife coming back. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about the steps and being recovered and all of these things, and I think it's important to know that I'm just a, a fucking grumpy sometimes. Sometimes you're a grumpy gill. Yeah. I am too sometimes. I get it. Yeah. So it's not like we're some spiritual gurus. Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Or just people yeah absolutely yeah so i think i think i was saying what the difference probably or may, may be when i just hear that story and i think about my own story as it sounds like that he was just you know a pretty happy you know go, go lucky person like you said jared jared watson that's mm-hmm. his name um yeah. anyway and um and then the, the, the drugs and uh, alcohol became a problem and then that was the problem mm-hmm. and then once he was finally able to break that physical addiction you know then he was better whereas like i just look at my situation and um what i used drugs and alcohol for was to treat what was going on with me Mm -hmm. and that was the internal condition that our literature calls the spiritual malady right does that make sense yes i i yes you've had that experience or no yeah so um what i think about is um, I, one thing I will preface is this is just Aaron and I's experience. Yes. This isn't like um, so we we have the answer or know it all. So we're just going to share what we know. And yeah, so, again, we're not spokespeople. We're yeah, just, for anything. Like this is just my experience around around this. And like for me, my experience, I I can tend to match up with our literature. So that's why I reference it quite a bit because it puts into words way better than I ever could how I feel. But it talks about us being bodily and mentally different than our fellows. And that's the truth in my life. So like, as far as something being wrong, like I, my experience is that is true. Like my body physically reacts different than a normal person's body does. Um, My mind also works different than other people's does. And also I have that spiritual malady that you're discussing. So for me, it's like a threefold thing that all three areas of my life I'm different than my fellows, which is the end result, me being an alcoholic. And, like, you didn't have anything traumatic happen in your life growing up either, right? I mean, no, nothing like molestation or, like, being completely beat to pulverine or, you know what I mean? Like, nothing crazy. Like, I mean, I've had trauma just like I think any kid has had trauma. So, But nothing that's, like, stands out. Um that would be like the main thing that separates me from, you know, or like this was the turning point that turned me into an alcoholic. My belief is that like I, I'm an alcoholic from the get. Yeah. Not like, Oh, I turned into one. That's what I believe. I don't know what other people's experience is, but that's what I believe is. I, 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 I was an alcoholic long before I ever drank. Yes. If that makes sense. Like it does. Um, that spiritual malady and those things that we're talking about, that's been my um, my experience um, like before I picked up drinking. I you know, I was very unsettled, I was very discontent, I was very unhappy, 
even though I didn't have any significant reason to feel that way, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, that's my experience. I was going to turn around and talk to my wife, but yeah. that's my, like, um, I think we were talking about living inside of our heads, mm-hmm. being a bit of a head case before we started recording this yeah. morning. And, um, like I was, um, the born head case mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And, um, and then what, what alcohol did. And then when I found opiates, what they did is they relieved that. Right. They got me outside of my head. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they treated that, which was ailing me. Mm-hmm. So they weren't really my problem. They were my solution. Yes. Until they weren't. Right. But by then it's too late. Yeah, because <laughs> of the other two parts. Yeah. My phys- bodily and mentally different. Yes. Yeah. And that's the the thing that you and I suffer from. Yes. And anyway, it just got me thinking about it reading that article because I, really um, I really like the dirty heads. Yeah. And, or like him and like I'm I root for I root for people to get sober however they get sober mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm uh I, you know it's just you know I like to read about people thriving right and so you know our our way isn't the only way yes you know our way is you know for people that are I don't know I don't know what it's for but it's not the only way and yeah that's one thing I have to be very um aware of is the 12-step world has worked for me, and I believe it will work for anyone, but that doesn't mean that someone else might be able to find a different experience. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I've tried what that dude tried, and it did not work for me. I've tried to eat better and work out and just stay physically abstinent from drinking. And in my experience, that didn't work. But that doesn't mean that his is wrong and mine's right. Yeah. Like, we both, if both of us are doing okay, then who am I to say? Yes. You know what I mean? And like, um, you know, for me this time around, um, like exercising and eating differently is huge. Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of what I do. Um, but I'm sort of like you as I, um, tried to do those things prior to. And, uh, I remember this one time going on this exercise kick and running in my basement. And, um, I think it was when I maybe, cause I couldn't, have, I couldn't have done it when I was just strung out all the time cause mm-hmm. I just was too inconsistent. So I was probably doing, I was probably on Suboxone yeah. and trying to use that. And then, uh, and then we did this diet, it was called Yoli mm. and, um, it, it, I got some temper, I could do things for a little while. Right. The story of my life. Yeah. I can do things for a little while. Right. But the longevity is just never there for me. And so this time I think what happened is our, again, our book talks about tapping into a power source much greater than ourselves. And we talked about the first step the other day. And if I don't have the power to keep myself sober, then I have to find that power somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But then I can tap into that. I think the, the um, what what is the, the part, the later part maybe in a vision for you when it talks about being um, our pick has just struck that limitless load. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, so this unlimited power source and uh, I can apply that to all kinds of different areas in my life and where I wasn't able to attain longevity, exercising and eating in a way that works for my body type before I can do that now because I've entered in a level that I've, Never even that possible. Yeah. One thing you do that I have been really um, 
impressed with. And I, the, the one thing that I don't know is you before you got sober, because we met a few days after you got back from Mexico, I think. So <laughs> I've only ever known you as sober, but you seem to be, in most respects, a pretty well-disciplined individual today. Like, you're, you've been on your keto diet for fucking two and a half years or something now, right? Yeah. And you work out regularly I, I would like three times a week or something uh, for most weeks you know and you you appear to be a pretty disciplined individual that's not always been the case right this <laughs> no. <laughs> pretty much the opposite yeah. of it right like um you know i can one time amber um and i didn't know this at the time but um, laundry baskets kept showing up in different rooms, mm -hmm. and then oh yeah, the, yeah. The, she'll she tells it, and then the lids came off the laundry baskets in those rooms because she was trying all of these things to get me to put my clothes in the damn laundry hamper mm -hmm. because I would just <laughs> throw them all over the floor. That's so funny. Yeah, I remember one time I realized it. I was like, I remember when Amber and I were dating, and her parents had sold their house, but they still had their old house. Mm -hmm. Her and her sister were living there, and it was just you know super clean and well kept all the time. And I would be like, "Wonder what happened? Amber used to be so clean." And then I looked around and realized that every single thing was laying yours. Out. Yes, yeah. everything. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, Amber's still really clean." Yeah, I'm a fucking slob. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, because your house is spotless now. Yeah, like it's very clean and well put together, and and like. Yeah. just well kept only one of us had to change to make that happen right yeah that's <laughs> but, so funny i remember when i was being down in mexico the last time or when i was down in mexico i was like so when you get back you're you're gonna do this the one cool thing i don't really talk about my psychedelic experience mm -hmm. much but i don't know might as well right now shoot dude um the only thing i really remember from um my trip is that during the trip i was sitting there and it was i was like watching like a sitcom and say like this this sitcom. like you were actually watching a sitcom or like in your your in trip you're watching in my a trip sitcom. okay i was watching it was okay. like a sitcom yeah, yeah it was when i was tripping and uh and then an episode say was going to have like six different things that were going to happen in that episode like little plot points or mm -hmm. you know it was like six major storylines in in uh in order and i'd get to like the third one and then i knew what the rest of the episode was going to be mm -hmm. and i was like oh well of course i know what the rest of the episode is going to be this is all just happening in my mind mm -hmm. so if i created the beginning i know what the end is but it had this sort of significance of like goal setting and establishing what my life was going to look like when i got back mm -hmm. if that that makes sense, right? I yeah. Anyway, and so like when I got back, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this ketogenic diet that my buddy started talking about, and I'm going to live like a hermit, and I'm going to, you know, keep my house completely clean and orderly because I feel uh, like I sort of um, assimilated to that to my mind too. Like when everything, like if I just, you know, I'm a procrastinator by nature. That's like my MO is to procrastinate. Right. And oh, God, it was so bad. And I realized like, if I just did those things right away, I could get rid of a lot of the worry that was going on in my mind yes. just by simply doing shit like that. So, yeah, so all of this disciplinedness and stuff was just this idea that I decided I was going to be when I came home. Mm -hmm. But I was none of this stuff before. Right. Like none of it. Even my last time in sobriety, I was overweight. I smoked a lot. I didn't actually, like, I don't know. I don't know if I wasn't fully tapped into the power. 
I just couldn't. I had all these ideas. This mm-hmm. is always the person I wanted to be. It really is. Right. Like I just marveled at. You know, you go over to these dudes' houses, and they were ne- probably like, probably like your dad, right? He yeah. probably never sits still, right? No. He never sits still. He's, he's a always, machine. Yeah, he's always doing something, mm-hmm. and um, he, you know, he's always got a project, or I don't know. You just, I just marveled at these dudes, yeah. And I was like, I, I want to be one of those guys because yeah. I'm a fucking wreck. <laughs> you know, right. I can't do shit. Yeah. I can't even step foot into my garage. I got to do a little fucking dance to get around all of the stuff, <laughs> yeah. and you know, try and find something. And right. I was like, how do these guys do it? I want to be one of those. Yeah. So, I don't know. Some people's life goals are a little different. I just want to be one of those guys. Yeah. But then I, then it happened. That's all. Yeah. I think I'm talking too much. I am glad, dude. I love when you talk. You do. It's Marty's podcast. Oh, dude. okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk to Amber for a second. <clears throat> she, has, she has her headphones on, so you better oh, wave her down. Oh, never mind then. Um, she's out here doing stuff because she was gonna leave again today, and I was like, Amber, you don't have no. to leave. And then I, I don't know if I made this up or not, but I was like, um, Kyle feels self-conscious when you leave all the time. Like, he doesn't want you to be a part of your own home, or he wants you to be a part of your own home or something. Yeah, that sounds true. Okay. I don't think I feel self-conscious, but I feel kind of bad that she yeah. thinks she has to leave because yeah. that's not the case at all. She's so, more than welcome. It's her house. Yeah, that's right. And so I was like, just stay here. It's fine. You yeah. Can just, you know, go about your business. Yeah. And then my dogs decide to be real barkers. It's all good. That's part of it, man. We're not a professional podcast in a professional studio. No. I mean, that's just not reality. So, like, we do a podcast in your house. So the people and things in your house get to live their life. Poncho and Luna get to be a part of that. Yeah, I love your dogs, too. They get to be a part of that. Yeah. She's cruising, dude. She's got her headphones on. She's jamming. Yeah. Or listening to a book or something. She's probably listening to a book or a podcast. I need a new book. What's What book? When's your walk? What are you doing today? Um, we're, Oh, it's called... Um, grace for two brothers it's a local i think they do like they assist um suicide they're like support it's like a suicide prevention thing and they help survivors oh cool like i think they support families wow of that's people awesome. that have lost mm-hmm. i should probably look but anyway they do this walk every year and, and amber had a family member that was one of us mm-hmm. and he ended up you know eventually taking his own life and i hope that's all right to say and he went the Man, he was a good dude. Yeah. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, I know why he did it. Right. <laughs> because we almost did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so her family will be over. They live, you know, they live over in Laramie and mm-hmm. they'll be over here and we'll all go walk around the park and get a t shirt. And How long do you do that for? As long as you want? Or uh, like just a lap? I or? think it's just like a lap. It's more like a, it's not like a 5K kind of it's thing. It's like a like, fundraiser type of deal. Yeah. That's cool. Like, to remember those people and to bring, bring awareness. awareness. Yeah. That's cool. So we're going to do that. Um, at 10? I, I think the registration starts at 10. The walk starts at 1130. Gotcha. I have to go meet with my protege when we're done here. Oh, okay. And what time do you need to do that at? Oh, I told him I'd be there about 915 or okay, so. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I'm cautious of your time. Yeah, so. we're good. I think when I run out of shit to do, I just look at my watch now that I have a watch. Yeah. I don't. It's like an adult thing to do. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, I've noticed now I start to scroll through um, Facebook, Facebook too, when I don't have anything to do. Don't do it. I know. Don't do it. It's bad news. Yeah. Uh, but a book. I need a new book. Oh, book. <clears throat> um, I, I heard know. this book that was referenced. I don't know if I want to talk about it, though. I don't. Well, I think you should. 
Um, I don't know much about it, but I read about it, and it sounds interesting, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like... Uh, it doesn't seem very... It's almost, uh, it's it's this book that was on Rogan's podcast. They were talking about it, and it was uh, it's called the some the mushroom in the cross or something like that. And it's it dives into Christianity, and I don't know much about it, but I don't think it does shines a very positive light on it. And I'm not sure if that's was something it? I would want to really get into because I don't know shit. I'm very uneducated in that realm. So was it like the one that talked about? maybe some of the experiences laid out in the Bible being um, yeah, psych, psychedelic experiences? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't want to... I, I feel kind of uncomfortable talking about it because I don't know anything and people have yeah. very strong beliefs in yeah. their faith and that, that to have something, a conversation about that seems, when I don't know shit about it, it makes me sound stupid, I think. It might so. be best to read the book and then talk about it kind of a thing. Or, or just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Read yeah. the book from my own knowledge. and That's right. But it's, then I was like, I don't know if that's even something I need to, I got in my head about it. Because yeah. most books I read today are like, <laughs> positive <laughs> spiritual growth yeah. like going in a in a good direction yeah. and this one almost is not but it kind of piqued my interest so it's it's a more um questioning type of book y- yes right? yeah it kind of ch- it would challenge this certain thinking and i'm not um i don't know <laughs> i think it's important i so this is what i've realized i'm easily influenceable so I have to read stuff like that with an open mind because otherwise I'll go around like talking about it like I right. know, right? Yeah, exactly. I listen to this other podcast. So I so we, obviously we already talked about it today. I do this ketogenic diet. And then I've been doing, trying to, I did a 60-mile bike ride and I thought... Yeah, how did that go? You never even said anything. Yeah. You were going to send me pictures to post and you didn't. Yeah, I only have... Your the, buddy posted some. But yeah, I only have the before and after that he posted that yeah. was pretty inaccurate. Pretty accurate. Yeah. I was all smiles and then it was it was tough to finish. I bet, dude. But that got me looking, but I knew I should have been able to do it because I'm running on fat for a fuel source and I still have fat. Mm-hmm. And so I need to like look into what, what's going on here. And that led me to finding this podcast called... Uh, human uh human performance outliers podcast with a guy named um oh damn it i'm not even a reader or something right nope are you sure (laughs) it's zach bitter zach bitter and then the other guy is uh, i think sean baker i think he's a doctor Mm -hmm. orthopedic surgeon Mm -hmm. anyway and um and uh so oh i oh Oh yeah, so the, the one does a uh, carnivore diet, which is just all meat. Yeah, and he eats about once a day, and so that's why I'm that's why I have two bags of meat now, and I'm just eating. You're gonna explore the carnivore diet? I don't know, man. I don't know because then that would probably knock me out of ketosis. I don't know how I would get enough fat without eating a ribeye every day, and I don't have time to cook a ribeye every day. Yeah, uh, that's why I pre-bagged eight hamburger patties and a bunch of bacon, three pounds of bacon. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's crazy. Yeah. So my whole point of that was I'm easily influenceable. Right. And so I listened to something and I'm like, I should try that. Mm-hmm. I used to like, you know, I'd go to a rodeo and be like, I should probably be a bull rider. Yeah. Or I'd go to Hawaii for vacation. Like, what's it take to become a professional surfer? See, I go there and just go, what does it take to have a sick ass house in Hawaii, but never work again? Yeah. That's kind of what my mind goes to. Yeah. It's like, 
I want this lifestyle. I don't want to work for it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 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 And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll just live in a shanty on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do that. And yeah. then I'm like, I could get rid of this and this yes. and this. So I start having thoughts like those, and I'm like, oh, dude, you're a creature of comfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be that. terrified. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that podcast, what is it about? That one dude did like a a hundred miles in a or a hundred miles a day for a hundred days or something crazy. No, he did. Um, he hold. He's the world record. That's what the American record holder, I think, for the fastest hundred miles. He ran a hundred miles at a seven minute mile pace. That's insane, dude. <laughs> so crazy for he's 100 a hundred miles. Yeah, and he's a ketogenic guy. He weighs all of about one hundred and forty five pounds. He's a little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You followed him on our Instagram page, and I've been like looking at his shit. I'm like, yeah, he's not a big dude, but he looks like an ultra runner yeah i mean that's what those guys look like yeah i think so except for goggins yeah (laughs) fucking freak talking about being the outlier that dude is a machine man it's crazy to watch him doing pull-ups yeah yeah with rope rope pull-ups and stuff i'm like that dude's a beast yeah who can run ultra marathons and set pull-up records yeah and be shredded (laughs) he's a beast yeah he's probably 200 pounds yeah just shredded yeah and then goes and runs 100 miles yeah like it's nothing nothing it's crazy yeah uh so yeah they had just they just have i think they have a lot of people on that podcasts that are proponents of a high, high uh, alternative mm-hmm. non-traditional dietary approach yeah does that i think that sounds pretty good yeah <laughs> like not just your regular diet yeah and they had a they had a vegan guy on who was pretty much opposite obviously of of baker who's a carnivore diet mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exact awesome opposite yeah. diets <laughs> right and uh and uh I didn't listen to all of that one because I just didn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, that's not what you're gonna do. Yeah, so. but um, but basically, the other one that um um uh, bitter was saying like if you've got four or five percent body fat, which is absolutely nothing, you can run a hundred mile race without any food. Wow. Just based on burning, you have enough fuel source if you're fat adapted, right? Right. Not if you're on a normal diet. Yeah, I was but like, there's no, no way, dude. No, but if you're fat adapted and you're running on fat, then you can do that. And Jeez. so then I was like, so I should have been able to do this 60 mile bike ride mm-hmm. um, without taking any fuel. And so just and then it came about, um, back to um, supplementing my electrolytes a little better and maybe taking in some salt. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I think that it's just a matter of tweaking it and finding out what works. What spurned you into doing triathlons and stuff like where does that desire come from just wanting to be athletic or um i think i'm easily influenceable yeah. <laughs> and i was on tv right. last january mm-hmm. or december and the iron man and kona was on tv mm. and i remember when i was sober the last time i was talking to this guy i was like i should do a triathlon and yeah. this was back when i still smoked a pack and a half a day and weighed 30 <laughs> pounds more than i do yeah. and but this is like it was sort of like the realization of that and like um, that was like a pipe dream that seemed absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then anyway, on that, on the commercial, they said, find a triathlon in your area and go to my time to try.com. And I went there and I saw they had one in Fort Collins and I was like, Oh, that's really short. I could actually do that right now. Yeah. And so then I started doing it and then I think I was just maybe going to do that one. And, but then when I finished, I was like, Oh man, there was all this stuff I could have done better. Yeah. 
and then my my cousin Amy and Josh wanted to do one with their friend, and I was like, well, all right, well, if you guys do that, I'll do it with you. And now I'm signed up to do another one. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I miss the um, competitive part of sports. You miss it, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like um, Megan and I are kicking around the idea of doing. If, if we can figure out a way to get me into adult league, doing an adult league soccer yes. team. And then, like, I've been playing tennis with Megan, and I just am jacked on life afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just yes, I do. doing competitive sports, I didn't realize. Because, like, when I lived in – I lived in Laramie for, like, five years, and I played adult league soccer over there every year, and – played on some softball teams and stuff. So, like, I was kind of doing it, but I haven't really done anything in the last couple of years. I do a lot of nature stuff, like hiking and mountain climbing and rock climbing and stuff, but I haven't done a lot of competitive sports, and I miss it. So I think I'm going to get back into it somehow. I'm going to find a way to do something. I think that's a good idea. Because yeah. for a while there, I was just doing recreational league softball, which was a delicate balance. I yeah. mean, uh, they're checking it up there underhand. Right. right? I mean, it's it's meant to be taken as a recreational league. Right. And sometimes um, maybe I had teammates that were pretty, pretty damn serious and mm-hmm. that I didn't really want to do that, but I still did need a competitive scratch that needed itched. Yeah. And so I'm really, um, yeah, I like the team I play on, you know, we're not, we're not in the top division, but we're not in the low division and it's just, it's just the right mix for me. Right. Everybody's cool as shit. Everybody, you know, yeah. gets the ball around a little bit. Nobody gets too excited, but yeah, we still get to be competitive a little bit. Yeah. Like I, I realized when I didn't do it one year, um, that I need something to, mm-hmm. I need to compete. I don't know. Yeah. And not, not a lot, but a little bit. And even if it's with myself in a triathlon or whatever man there's something inside me that enjoys that competition yeah and you are you were talking about being easily influenced and i am like a very black and white all or nothing type of individual so i'm either like all in or all out so trying to find like oh i can and i've been doing that recently like oh i can go play sports get the competitive itch but not be a total asshole and try to fight people because we lost or you know what I mean like and that would be my MO in the past is like we lose a softball game and I'm about to fight the center fielder on the other team because he's just being an asshole and really I'm the asshole you know what I mean and so like finding that balance of like hey it's fun to go out and do something active and competitive and want to win but it's also like not the end of the world to just not win or yeah. to not take it so seriously. Yeah. So that's been like every area of my life. I have to really find the the gray area and not so much black and white. Nobody wants to be the guy in a YouTube video that is fighting after with <laughs> a bunch of beer bellied middle aged men <laughs> yeah, fighting in a softball exactly. game. You don't exactly. want to be that guy. Yeah. So finding that balance in all of my life, whether it's dialing down how many hours I work or you know what I mean? Like just not being all or nothing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to work 14 hours a day and then, oh, I don't want to work at all. It's like, or I can just find a happy medium. <laughs> yeah. It's really difficult though. I don't know if it's just, um, you know, people with alcohol or addiction problems or just, or just people in general, but, uh, like 
talk something Candace reminds me often because I'll just not, I'll not even realize that I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going in there and I'm like, it's either going to be this or it's going to be this. And she was like, you realize those are just two opposite extremes. She was like, there is most most people can live somewhere in the middle of those things. Yeah. And she has to point that stuff out to me because I'm the same way. I'm like either all, you know. Yeah, or what's the point? Yeah. Like I just won't do it. And yeah. Yeah, that and doesn't yield <laughs> results very often. It, we talked about it when we were talking, doing the thoughts recap. I was just doing the cards and it was either I don't do them or I'm there for 15 hours. 15 yeah. hours a day making sure everything's <laughs> yeah. running smoothly. Right. You know, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. There's a place to live somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think that's where all of life exists. <laughs> and that's why, middle. like, I haven't been very <laughs> successful in times of my life is because I don't live there. Yeah. I'm on the other ends. I'm on the polar extremes. Yeah, dude. And Absolutely. All of life is in the middle. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, man. Like, if all of you would just be more this way or I'll just not give a fuck about anything. Yeah. Dude. But like the thing about it is, it's, that might make perfect sense to some people. But I was completely blind to living that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It's not like sometimes when I see people, you know, and they're living in a way that doesn't make any sense to me, mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, like, dude, that's if when you did it, it was because you were completely blind to any other way. Yes, and probably that's might be going on with them. Yes, like, if they could live better. If they knew a better way, they might be doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Jeff used to always tell me what this was when I was on that, like, uh, you people are doing it wrong kick that he would, he was actually pretty helpful in the fact that he'd be like, dude, how can you blame someone or be frustrated with someone for something they don't know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like some people, like, in all areas of life, like I'm the guy that doesn't know most of the time, you know, yeah, exactly. but like, like someone is doing something because that's the only way that makes sense. Yes. And like our literature talks about like the alcoholic life seemed the only normal one. So for me, black and white seems like the only way to live. Yeah. And everyone else just is able to do that better than me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, why do they get to do it? Yeah. And I can't do it. Yeah. But it's like what I've found is... Life exists in between those things, not like on those ends. That's right. Some, that sounds weird, but that's the truth no, in it, my experience. Absolutely. I, I'm certain that we're not the only one living in those extremes. Um, two minutes on Facebook will confirm uh, yeah, exactly. my observations. <laughs> right. and when people are, you know, especially when it's a hot button issue, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And it's odd in those points. I'm like... It's not, it can't, it can't be all or nothing. Yeah. But there's uh, no way. I certainly understand based on my own life experience where that's coming from. Yeah. That's like, uh, what's really helped me with this and we can wrap up after this, but what's really helped me with this is, uh, listening to Paul Hederman. Yeah. Cause he just talks about like, there's not two. Yeah. So there's not like a all or nothing. <laughs> the, 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 it's not that's not real like yeah. there's not one or the other yes it's just there's just what it what is going on does he talk about it as being part of a in a, in a like a circular spectrum or is it not even to that degree no it's just like what is okay and there's not like a black or white there's just what is and like there's not two of anything like so there's not your point of view and my point of view there's just what is going on and there's not like uh, I'm either this or I'm that. There's just like this is what I am. Like it just eliminates the two 
perspective. Does that make any yeah. sense? Non-duality is yeah. his thing. Yeah, right? non-dualism Buddhist, I think yeah. is what he calls himself. So He's also, too, the, with the, um, if you're, you, you're never going to be there when you're seeking. Yeah. Because you're seeking. Because I was talking with my cousin about this a little bit the other night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I mean, we have work. It's a weird balance to try and find doing work mm-hmm. between just trudging along, but never arriving or yeah I, we can get yeah. pretty far down the hole my favorite line that he says i think i probably have said it on the podcast before but he says like you are exactly what you're looking for <laughs> and the reason why you can't find it is because you're looking for it yeah so it's like the whole i'm gonna do this and i'll get this and i'll go this and i'll do this is like preventing you from actually being what you what you're wanting to be because you're on the chase so He's not like anti-seeking because for me, I'm like, well, dude, you spent 30 years seeking to yes. come to this point where you, you don't think you need to seek that much anymore because you just are what, what you are. But, right. but he, he's like, the, a lot of times what, what I am chasing is preventing me from being what I want, if that makes sense. Yes. And that's my experience a lot is like, oh, I do a lot of this fairy dust stuff in an attempt to to yield success and in reality like i if i can just live in a place where i'm just being being i'm i'm okay and that doesn't mean like i i don't seek a relationship with god i just i have that relationship with god yeah you, you don't know? have to look for it because you already have it yeah exactly right? yeah. yeah like it's a part of me and our literature i can rectify that in parts of our literature so I heard um, it was Clarence Snyder. He was mm-hmm. one of the first 100 yeah. on a really old speaker tape of his, but he was talking and he was like, I don't thank God at night for my... Or he doesn't have an accent. He had like a New York accent. I don't know. <laughs> he was like, I don't thank God at night for my sobriety. He already gave it to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting perspective. And yeah. when I first listened to him, I was like, this dude's fucking crazy, right? The yeah. Hederman dude, I'm like, this yeah. guy is just insane. And the more I listen to him, and I don't listen to him every day or anything, but the more I, I, I put him in my ears, the more I can kind of come to his understanding that like, oh yeah, I can just be and that's okay. And there's not a right or wrong. I just remember I wasn't too far along and I used to like really go far down with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. my last time around. Cause I lived so far in my own head. Right. I was still always looking for answers, but then by what and it would make it worse. And anyway, then this time around and I'm just bebopping along one day and your sponsor sends you and I a video <laughs> yeah. of his. And I was like, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I was like, I'd, I had no intention of having a good mind fuck, but yeah. now you've given me ample opportunity. That's what, that's what I love about my sponsor is he always does that with me. I'll go talk to him and he's always got a new, a new, th- and it's not new to him, but it's new for me. Like it's a new thing that he's like, yeah, maybe you should check this out. He's just very well read and well versed and has, He's a super intelligent dude. Yeah. Like he's crazy smart. So I'll talk to him about something. He's like, I read this book like 18 years ago. Yeah. Here, check this out. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? His IQ is about 800. Yeah. So he's, he's, um, he's just good at that. Like uh, introducing me to stuff outside of uh, the traditional 12-step world that kind of enforces or helps me or gives me a different perspective on kind of what I'm experiencing spiritually. Yeah, man, one of the three essentials, so our literature lays out three essentials that we've got to have for success and uh, their honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And mm-hmm. 
um, it's easy for me to get closed minded and just get um, stuck inside this 12 step box. Yeah. And I'm not thinking, I'm not saying that theoretically or hypothetically. Yeah. This has happened to me. This right. is my experience. Um, so it's good to interact with other spiritual teachings and yeah. learnings so that I don't get stuck in the box. Yeah. When I asked him to be my sponsor, his first piece of advice, you need to read some outside literature. <laughs> that was his first piece because I was stuck in that box. And that was like his first suggestion to me was like, hey, we're going to reread your inventory you wrote about a month ago, but you need to check out some other literature. Here's a couple of suggestions. If you want more, I can let you know, or here's a rabbit hole. But like, give this a shot. And I'm super grateful for that because it it opened my mind again. And it's so tough because we're 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 we're, so, we're fundamentalists, right? Mm-hmm. We we know what the twelve steps have done for us and the experience that we've had. So it's um it's easy to become zealots. Yes, right, exactly. Um, but then because we lack moderation, <laughs> yeah. that can I take it too far. Yes, yeah. I'm all in on the twelve step stuff and so, nothing else. Yeah, and so. Right now, I'm finding that balance between those. So. Yeah, it's nice to have a sponsor like yeah. yours that yeah. helps you with that. He's super open to all things, and he gives. A, he's a fucking trip. Hopefully, he's in Vegas. That's why he could. He I was asked him if he could do it this weekend, but he's in Vegas, so he's hopefully going to be on here in the next couple of weeks. Though. He's probably he's probably coming up with some sort of calculation in his mind to, to beat the blackjack system. He, that's what he likes cards. to play is yeah, blackjack. I but I, I think I've piqued his interest on craps because that's the game I like to play. Oh, okay. And so I was talking to him about craps and then he I could tell he was yeah, kind of stroking yeah. his chin and I was like, you need to go <laughs> check it out, dude. So he gives you um, Paul Hederman and outside literature reading. You give <laughs> and him I give him stuff <laughs> to ruin his life. <laughs> the craps bug. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, you can reach out to us recovered af podcast at gmail.com you can check out our instagram page we talked about earlier recovered af podcast uh this episode is going to go up today at some point which is a sunday 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 i have to go do it won't come out until this afternoon yeah. so i gotta do some shit now and then um we'll uh hopefully have a couple of guests here in the next two weeks so Did you want to thank our sponsors uh yeah thank <laughs> you to our sponsors i'm just kidding we i wish we had some but do choose Hit me me up, bro. I like like your gear. I like your shoes. Hit me up. All right, thanks.